0: Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. That's <laughs> Shoot, when you, that's dude, when you so go. I
1: have slow brain still.
0: I, just, <laughs> it was, like,
1: I was watching you like it. it was like a video, and then I realized, oh crap, <laughs> this is a live conversation. I might still have COVID brain. Uh, my name is Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Well, All right. Well, I'm a dummy, um, <clears throat> obviously, and I'm going to blame COVID brain, even though today is the day that I'm like released to be back in the world. Um, so happy Friday to me. Um, man, I feel bad for Jana, Josh. Jana, if you're listening, is my wife.
0: Did she get um, it?
1: No. No. Her birthday's tomorrow, and since she didn't get it, she has to start her quarantine tomorrow um, for a while. What? She like, yeah, it's this whole thing. Like because she didn't have symptoms, but I did, and Catherine did all that. Uh, she just has to like stay home for a while. Um, I think it's like she has to wait a couple days, then she can be tested. And it's this whole thing, man. It's a whole thing. But I feel bad oh. for her because her birthday is tomorrow. And she can't go out and enjoy the world. So, That's yeah. Nuts. So, I don't know. If you're listening to this and you're having a bad day, just uh, just know that you could be quarantining at home, even though you have no symptoms or anything uh, of COVID on your birthday. So, it could be worse. You know, it could be worse. How are you doing, man? Huh.
0: Can't you go like get tested now and just call it a day?
1: No, her doctor, she did a telehealth with her, like, the other day, and she's, her doctor basically said, like, yeah, you have to wait until, like, two or three days after, I think Monday or Tuesday is are the first days that, that she could get tested to make sure she doesn't develop that's symptoms, boring. which, if she does, that's going to be even more lame, but I don't think she's going to get sick since she already had it, so, yeah, man. That's what's up over here in the Hannah house trying to what figure crazy out is how that? i make...
0: had it before and you guys yeah. didn't get it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's really That's crazy. My boggling. Yeah, it is. My mind is boggled for sure. <laughs> I'd like to say that more. Like when somebody says something really smart like, dude, my mind is boggled right now. <laughs> anyway, dude, what's up with you? How you doing? Smartly.
0: Doing well. Uh, can't complain. I'm trying to think was anything like new in general. I don't think so. No. Uh, pretty normal, pretty normal things these days. My yeah. grandma gets into town, uh, so we get to see her. Yes. Other than that, uh, just doing the same old, same old around here. Other than there is a hurricane going on right now outside in Colorado. Which is impressive
1: because uh, you're in Colorado. Like hurricanes are not. Yeah.
0: No yeah. rain. No rain, no moisture, just, like, some crazy blowing winds.
1: Really? You know, my dad is actually about 24 hours into camping in Colorado. Uh, They're backpack elk hunting right now. They, like, backpacked in. My dad and uncle and uh, my aunt went as well um, because she loves backpacking. She's not going to hunt, but she loves being out there. But, uh, yeah, man, they've been out there for, like, 24 hours now. So hopefully it's uh, just wind and no nothing else where they are too. Way up in the mountains.
0: So like if they get an elk, is there like a phone number they can call and someone comes and picks it up or
1: only if you arrange that in advance. And I don't know if they did, but they're so during elk Dang. season in Colorado and like all the small mountain time towns, there's a lot of people who will use horses and like backpack an elk out for you with their horse like pay okay. a couple hundred bucks and they'll bring in a horse and like fill the saddlebags with meat and walk it out. Um huh. or people who have ATVs if you're allowed to ATV in that area will do that too. Yeah. But uh a lot of people for bow hunting especially will just pack it out like and and take multiple trips and like fill their backpacks and all this stuff it's crazy because with a bowl it can be like 300 pounds of meat like it's no joke and that's even with like removing all the bones and making it as light as possible but it's a whole thing man it's pretty cool
0: huh yeah that's pretty nuts yeah Yeah, the whole even just backpacking anywhere doesn't sound fun either like i like the camp truck. no no
1: man if I lived in Colorado still, we would go backpacking because now that you like camping mm. it is just next level cool man. like you take this dehydrate these good they're they're actually good. I promise dehydrated meals. Um, I don't know why my daughter's yelling, but take them in and uh, and you can just like get in these insane places that look you know, Amazing, like middle of a hike, and then just stay there. It's I don't know, it's awesome, and I like it a lot. I'm huh. all about backpacking.
0: I have too much crap for like camping. Like, where am that's I going to put thing. my air mattress? Where am I going to put my big old tent? Like that's that just exhausting. Have to carry all that. You stuff need in.
1: you need like a four pound tent, like that is small, and you can hang from your backpack and carry. Uh, you'd need to get some stuff.
0: Like it has wheels you know, on it.
1: <laughs> that's funny, man. Uh, your tent seriously has wheels? It's that
0: big. Uh, I don't know if my tent does, but great. there's like a really good chance my air mattress does. <laughs> my air mattress is like a cot, too. It's like a building cot. Uh, so it's pretty good. so
1: funny. Dude, I know you're not well, this, but. My thing but is I... like. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead.
0: My whole thing is like. If if I'm not gonna be comfortable doing it, I'm not gonna do it. (laughs) Remember when Um, on Parks and Rec when
1: uh on Parks and Rec when Tom ordered all that stuff from Sky Mall um for camping, for their camping trip, and he had like an ice cream maker and all that stuff going and like killed all the batteries.
0: It's pretty impressive.
1: (laughs) That's what I think of when you're like my tent has wheels on it. Like that's exactly what I think of. Uh,
0: well, it's a so pretty funny. big tent. It's like a seven, eight man tent, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, maybe because I got I got to fit my yeah. entire, I got to fit my entire cotton air mattress in it, and then Jack's <laughs> cage, uh, because Jack does not do well if he's not in a cage. That's funny.
1: Um, you got like bunk beds going, a small dog trampoline do. by the door. I have my like, TV yeah. in there.
0: Um, yeah. I don't have an ice maker or a a. Um, Ice cream maker though I should look into that. What would that take?
1: Wait, do you uh, for have like, real big bring batteries a TV? too? Do you no, am a TV. Okay, I was no. going to say my iPad. Uh, I do
0: take my iPad.
1: Take your iPad. That's fair. That's I mean, if you're going to take, if you're going to do all the other stuff, you might as well take an iPad. That's fine. Well, crazy. usually
0: when I go I camping, say. like I usually camp during the week. At least I did this this yeah. summer, uh, and I'm still yeah. working so. Like, nice. as long as I have internet service, get it all done.
1: That's what's up. Well, dude. But
0: this last time I got well. screwed. You did? Apparently Verizon Bye. has a limit on how many, uh, on how much gigs you're allowed to use, and I blew past it. So I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time in front of a Walmart park, in a Walmart parking lot, too and their Wi-Fi <laughs> to get the rest of my work <laughs> done for the day. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> back, whatever. It is what it is.
1: Dude, I'm making a note. Uh, nothing. It's not about anything spiritual or podcast related, but Verizon has this Wi-Fi deal that they're like LTE Wi-Fi that I'm thinking about trying because I live in the country and my Wi-Fi is pretty terrible, but it seems like uh, they're offering this and it's really good. So I might try it out. We'll see.
0: You should look into, um, um, crap, what's the name of it? Um Teslas thing. What? They have, like satellites that you connect to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tesla does. Um, and it's it's stupid fast. The only downside is like there's not enough satellites in the air right now, so it cuts out from time to time. Wow. Um, but it's it's super fast.
1: That's crazy. I don't know what it's called. That's crazy. Name for it? Of course Tesla does, man. That's so wild. So wild. <clears throat> well dude, um we're in the Hope series and we've been here a while. We're almost done with the hope series. Actually, I think there might be like one more week after this, if I remember right. But um, overall, I've really enjoyed doing this. I don't know about you, man. I feel like it's been been a solid series. We've talked through like the idea that grace changes everything, which is you know something we reference a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Some wrong attributes and right attributes, hopefully of of God. Kind of how we view him and how we understand God, um, relationship uncensored, which my wife made fun of that name, but, you know, directly being in relationship with God and what that means emerging from the foxhole. Um, that was a fun one. Maybe, maybe top, definitely top five <laughs> of, of the series. Um, yeah. And then last week, Did we do two weeks on feeling vulnerable or or just one last week? I can't remember. It all blends together.
0: Yeah, I can't remember either. I think it was just one week. No, that's what it was. We recorded it twice. That's That's exactly what happened.
1: Yeah. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. So talking about vulnerability. And yeah, sorry, we uh, we took a while to get that out, but we did record it twice and we had a week off as well. So this week maybe not the most fun topic for me naturally, but calling it a tail between your legs and honestly just focusing in on shame. So, um, I don't know where you want to start or if you want to add like some thoughts on what this hope series has been like for you to walk through, but yeah. What are your thoughts, man?
0: I think the big overarching thought, um, it's easier to like intellectually understand that it is to actually practice. But um like the gospel is taking care of our shame. Like Jesus took our shame on the cross. And, um, yeah. Meaning we don't, we don't function in shame any longer as followers of Jesus. Um Now, practically how does that really get lived out? I, I think it's a lot more, a lot more difficult for people um than just to be, at least be able to say, yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that Jesus took care of my shame. Um But I think oftentimes, Um, shame is that tool that the enemy just constantly uses to keep you from, you know, achieving that next whatever, um, in your life. Um, whether it's next freedom or next understanding or next, um, um, thing to take on, um, all these things just keep holding you back because you, you can't let go of the shame of your life. And the reality is like, we've all done bad things. Like we've all sinned against God. We all have done things we, we regret doing and we'd rather not relive those things. Um, yeah. but I think oftentimes we, we take those things that we just stuff them down instead of dealing with them and bringing them out into the open. Yeah. I um, mean, that's where shame gets its power. Um, so like this week is broken up into, you know, turn on the spotlight, you know, bring your shame into the light, uh, which mm-hmm. means you got to let it out, <clears throat> um, untangle the spaghetti, like figure out, you know, your thoughts and the things that, um, take you back to those places. Um, you know, I've always heard this statement said, I don't know where I got it from, but, um, you know, shame says I'm bad. Guilt says I did something wrong. Um, you should feel mm-hmm. guilty. That's, that's the reality of, of, of your life. You've done something wrong. You, you should feel like you've done something wrong, but it shouldn't attack your identity. You know, you're not bad mm-hmm. because you've done something wrong uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross, um, for no other yeah. reason than that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, God's grace and mercy are greater than your sin. um, and then you know, the last the last big one here is enlisting help. Um, you know, find community, and if community is not enough, find counseling um, to deal with a lot of that shame. But those yeah. are my initial thoughts.
1: Yeah, dude. Well, uh, that's the whole podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, man, solid. And you know, there's that this idea of like conviction for things that that you did that were wrong, you know? Uh, and, and shame is just like you said, I am bad, you know, therefore I should hide. I should suppress. I should not show other people how I failed, or I should just totally avoid that, uh, forever, you know? Um, but the like conviction side and, and that shame does come from, uh, the enemy. Like shame is something that is not, uh, in my understanding, used by God, it's, you know, you think of shame as like pointing at the person who did something wrong. And the whole group is like, shame, shame, you know, like, I don't know. That's kind of what I think of where it's just like beating somebody down or beating yourself down. Um, with that overarching, I am bad or you are bad, you know, message where conviction, which is maybe more of like a churchy word, uh, maybe not. I don't know. I guess it's maybe not like our legal system conviction, you know, like you've been convicted. Um, conviction is the same thing where it's like I feel strongly that what I did was wrong, you know, um, and I understand that deeply. So what are what are you going to do about it? You know, um, are you going to hide it and, and build up shame around it? Or are you going to lean into it um, and, and turn on the spotlight? You know, as you kind of said, um, putting it out there takes away the power of shame um, around that sin. Doesn't take away consequences, doesn't take away, like, natural next right steps. But but it does uh, take away the, the shame, or hopefully does, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. I think, too, like... Um... Um, forgot what I was gonna go with that. <clears throat> um, I I think what what you said, like bringing it into the light, or however you said it, uh, differently than I did, but um, like I think that's a very Im- important step. Like anything that's 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 left in secret. Uh, mm-hmm. now, now we've talked about this before now it's not healthy to get on Facebook and, and post all of these things to everybody in the entire world right? Uh, but right. like you should have people that love Jesus love you in that order that you should be sharing these things that, yeah. that you're struggling with in terms of shame uh, and letting those out is that a scary situation 100% that's scary like how are they going to respond to you if they knew that you know you had these fantasies of killing this person or <laughs> whatever that plays out whatever the shame is yeah uh, <laughs> Josh, you um, hopefully you' don't about those if you do, hopefully they're not about me. Um, <laughs> no <laughs> these days uh, there's been seasons for sure, um, oh, but it, it's letting those things out. you know it, it's the same thing with sin, right? Like if you're dealing with habitual sin, habitual sin loses its power when when you bring it into the light, like when others yeah. know about what's going on, um, and it's not just you and this like secret thing that you hold on to, and I would argue like secrets aren't healthy. Uh, for anybody yeah. um, like secrets are also like um, they're not healthy in the sense of like you have to manage that like that's just another thing to add on to the stress of life because you have to manage is this getting out or this is not getting out um, yeah. you know I would argue that, that somebody in your life should know all your secrets um, not mm-hmm. saying it has to be an individual but like as it spans across um, your your friend groups, the people that walk with you know walk with you in life, that somebody should know about what's going on in your life. And that's the yeah. easiest way to to overcome, I think, the shame um, monster, for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. as he just likes to gobble up things that are that are kept in secret. But the second you start to bring out into light, you'll you'll be shocked at how powerful that light ends up being. Um, yeah,
1: definitely. So, man, one, one thing, I don't know how much time we spent on, uh, the last kind of takeaway from last week, um, was nope, never going back, you know? And, and I think that's something to bring up here is as soon as you take something that has been kind of in the dark and put it out in the light, um, like this is what I've been struggling with, or this is what I've, have shame around her. This is what I've suppressed or hidden or whatever the right language is. Um, you have like there's there's freedom quickly in that of like wow I just feel like this is off my shoulders finally. Um, and then mm-hmm. secondly, you look at it and it's like it's very cl- very easy to look back and say like I'm never going back there. Like I'm never going back into that secret. I'm never going back into that, um, sin. I'm never going back into that way of thinking or acting or, or whatever it might be, you know, um, like that. Nope. Never going back mindset is it might sound if there's something like on your mind right now that you're like, I could never tell anybody that, or it could never, um, share that, you know, or I couldn't even conquer that. That's just a sin that's going to be with me forever. Then, you know, realistically uh, you just don't understand grace fully or you don't understand how grace could apply to your personal situation, uh, whatever that might be. So yeah. I don't know, man, that, that nope, never going back is, is just real true. You know, and there are things in my life I can think about and just like, yeah, I'm never going back to, how that was i'm never gonna move back into that way of thinking or doing or being like that season is done that god taught me that and and that's not coming back you know by choice for me ever um and by god's grace but also just like i learned from that i'm not going back because i don't know man. sin sin might start fun for a minute um but it doesn't stay that way you know um it might feel good for a moment but but it pretty quickly feels real bad um and and not enjoyable at least to me and maybe that's god just is quick to convict me uh when i'm choosing the sin i don't know but it doesn't stay fun uh to to live in sin and it doesn't stay fun to live in shame either
0: i think too like when we think we can't conquer sin in our life, or God can't conquer sin in our life, or we feel um, like this sin is always going to be around, or um, that how could God ever forgive this specific thing, uh, yeah. whatever that thing may be for you, <clears throat> like I, I think <clears throat> a lot of that just lives inside the world of pride. Um, mm-hmm. Like to think that your sin's greater than than Jesus' sacrifice, like you're in some you're in some scary water there. Um, like it, it'd be worth digging into um, and figuring out why, mm-hmm. but um, in all reality, like he, he did, he took care of it. Like if, if you're a, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're his, um, like you've recognized that you're a sinner in need of, of salvation and he's provided that salvation to you. Like that sin's taken care of. Like, you know, uh, scripture says that we're washed as white as snow as our sins are cast as far as the East is from the West. Um, yeah. Right. Like, all of these all of these elements that are just just true um, that we have to choose to accept. Um, like I remember, um, I'm trying to remember what he did. I think it was a DUI. So my first job, 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 was a facility guy at a church. So I like clean toilets and, and redid floors. Uh, and we get community service workers in there all the time. And yeah. one of the guys, I remember him saying like, you know, I, I know that my wife's forgiven me, my kids have forgiven me. Um, I just can't forgive myself um, and you know there's part of that you're like you know you're just talking a dress um because it's, it sounds like the right thing to say, or like is that really where you're sitting that you can't forgive yourself um like like, that's not a life worth worth living that's just gonna hold you back constantly like the gospel took care of it um, you know Jesus sacrifices is more than enough for it and I think it's it's hard for us to accept it at times but I would argue that we find ourselves in those situations I mean it's really just pride thinking our sins better than our sins more unique our sins whatever like there's nothing yeah. new to man under the sun like there's yeah. nothing you're doing that isn't that is so crazy and out there um, that someone hasn't done it before um, yeah. like you're not that special. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, as much as we love to think that we are at times, it's is just, just not not right. not the case. Right. Uh, so I think it's often it, it's important to um, to remind yourself that Jesus' grace and mercy is greater than your sin. Um, yeah. So be okay with that. So be okay with talking about your sin with those that love Jesus, love you. Uh, be okay with um, owning up to those things as you've done them in your past. Now, if yeah. someone tries to. To hold you hold that against you, um, like that's on them, that's not on you. Like, yeah. don't, yeah. don't take, don't accept that. Like, say, screw you, I'm out.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: you know, you know, that's, that's anti gospel.
1: Thinking about shame and this, this track, like, I think about where we met, uh, which was youth ministry, you know, and a decent or a a, a thing that always comes up at some point in ministry is uh like sexual stuff like uh porn in particular is is a huge thing that is is always going to come out of like somebody was looking at something they shouldn't have or whatever like it just comes out because teenagers uh eventually stumble upon porn and and it's like a horrible thing on their soul like it it's a thing that uh, is definitely not how God intended sex in any way, um, and unfortunately, it's like a big part of our culture culture that says, "Hey, this is good, this is fine." Uh, maybe not for like young, you know, teenagers or whatever, but for adults, a lot of our culture is like, "Yeah, porn's fine when it's not." Um, but you or I uh, or or other leaders would often be in the position of like kind of coaching um through students admitting like yeah I'm struggling with watching porn or whatever that looks like. Um, and man, one of the first things in there is like pretty much all the students feel like they're the only one uh when that starts. Like I'm the only one who would ever do this or I'm alone in this struggle or I'm so messed up that that I looked at porn, you know? Um, and it's the shame monster when in reality, it's like, yeah, this is a struggle for like every single person your age and lots of people older than you and probably younger than you too, you know? Um, but the enemy is like really quick to try to push towards like, you're the only one. This is just you. You're messed up. Like you're bad. You know, when, when you're, stepping into really any sin, uh, but especially that one, cause it's kind of like a, coming of age, you're figuring you're, you know, you're grown up and and there's different desires. And that that sin is one that isn't uh, prevalent for super young kids, hopefully, um, but comes around at some point. So there's, there's just this whole, like, I don't know. It's just so clear when you're a little bit older and looking back on it, that that voice of like, you're the only one, you're bad. This is bad. Quit doing this. Do it more like, it's all about like be isolated in your sin, um, and don't even don't even talk to your friends about it. Don't even talk to leaders about it or people who love Jesus and love you. Like stay quiet, stay in shame. Is kind of the enemy's mo because like that's a place where he can beat you down. You know, um, where you're definitely not going to be like doing anything uh, to take ground in in God's will um, or in your life, if you're just beat down and in the corner, um, dealing with shame and thinking you're the only one who could possibly be struggling with that thing. Like you said, like shame and pride are connected. Um, and that, I wrote that down because that, uh, that hit me like, yeah, shame and pride are connected and, and they feed on one another. So yeah, man. That's my thoughts. I know as well, a pastor for years, you had those conversations probably a thousand more times, but I feel like it's relatable to a lot of other sins.
0: Yeah. I, I think too, like there's crazy things that we do to justify our, our shame or to justify our sin, why we have to battle it alone, why we have to, you know, we keep it quiet and not tell anyone. Like I remember having a conversation with, with a guy uh, about something that he was dealing with. And, um, you know, his response: responsible. Well, I can't tell my wife and it's said, you know, why can't you tell your wife? Well, I've hurt her. <laughs> well, you've already done it. So like the hurt has yeah. already happened. Like mm-hmm. to justify it in your own head that you got to deal with it on your own and then come to her after the fact and say, Oh, I fixed all this. Like that's mind boggling. Um, <clears throat> like you're just, you're just living in the shame of it all and hiding it all, thinking that you're going mm-hmm. to try to overcome it all on your own. And the reality is you're not going to like, um, we're, Scripture's pretty clear, like, until you bring it into the light, like, it's going to continue to wreak havoc on your life. Um, it's just what it's going to do. But um, I think too often that we get in these weird places where we're like, well, I can't talk about this specific shame or this specific you know incident in my life or this specific sin that I'm dealing with um, because of this reason, this reason, this reason, or what are they going to think about me? Or um, And you're just um, perpetuating this this destructive cycle in your life um, and letting shame grow and grow and grow. And eventually you get to the place where like, you're just exhausted because you're spinning so many plates to keep Mm -hmm. um, at some point, the lies, you know, still running um, that are just going to like, you're, you're going to end up being exhausted. You're going to end up dealing with other sins because now you're exhausted and you're not paying attention. And um, then you start to blame God for all of this. Like, God, why did you do this? Um, Like, then you get into these just weird, weird cycles of destruction that ends up, you know, um, removing you from your community. So you disengage and disconnect. Um, then you do the same thing with God. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I don't I don't have a faith in Jesus anymore. And you're like, mm-hmm. how did we get here so quickly? And it, oftentimes it's because there's just undealt with shame, undealt with junk in our life that we just try to do on our own. Um, you know, we couldn't talk about it because, you know, we've created these crazy rules in our head of why we couldn't talk about it. Uh, and maybe these are family rules too right like Mm -hmm. you know i I know families that are like yeah we don't talk about those types of things um which you're like that's mind-boggling like don't if you're a parent don't be that parent um create a Mm -hmm. safe environment in your home where you can talk about anything Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's that piece of it too that like you end up um you end up having all this this unhealthy relationship because this is how you were raised you didn't know any better um, so it's mm-hmm. worth digging into that as well for you, um, to figure out, you know, what's God trying to teach you in the midst of all this. But <clears throat> I would say all this too, like, um, like your, you fostering relationship with Jesus is the key to all of these things, right? Yeah. Like if you're not fostering relationship with Jesus, it's gonna be really hard to fight against shame because you just don't feel confident um, that Jesus is actively you know involved in your life. Uh, yeah. you know, the. If if I'm not practicing the things that that help me foster relationship with people and and, and with Jesus, then like yeah, I'm not going to have safe places where I can trust mm-hmm. others and feel vulnerable um, and share what's going on really in my life. Like it's going to feel like it's out of left field for that person because well, it's going to be out of left field to that person because you're like yeah, we don't have that yeah. kind of relationship, but yet mm-hmm. this dude's dropping it all on me right now. <laughs> um, which I've been in plenty of those conversations. You're like oh okay cool. One of my favorite those, and this has nothing to do with our conversation today, um, but like, um, I, I want to say this person was like in seventh grade, maybe at the time. Yeah. Um, and the, and they came up to me after services, and they're like, "Hey, can can we meet this week? I just I want to talk to you about some stuff." I was like, "Sure." Um, and I'm assuming it's porn because like he's a seventh grade boy. Seventh That's usually the, the conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and. <laughs> We go and get coffee or something like that and start sharing his stories. And he's like, Well, I have two girlfriends. They don't know about each other. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> I was like, What? This is the craziest conversation I've ever been in. You know, I did that's not expect that. You have two girlfriends? Like, Dude, I'm like 15 years old I'm just trying to find one. You got two girlfriends here? <laughs> uh, yeah, one of my favorite stories. You're like, Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Oh man, you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of stories like that where like, which you've told me over the years of um, just students like totally out of the blue things that you're like oh crap this is not what I expected okay um, yeah. but it comes back to it well that's the other thing too
0: yeah. is like when you start getting involved in people's lives like that and you start talking about the and it, this is true of anyone not just pastors like you're going to get involved in people's lives and they're going to share things with you uh, yep. that are difficult to hear. <clears throat> um, you know, but show grace as Jesus would show grace. Show mercy as Jesus would show mercy in those things. Uh, but confident, like confidentiality matters. So, like, there's things that I know about people that I'm going to go to my grave knowing uh, yeah. that I don't get to share with other people, right? Because um, it's not it's not fair to them. It's not my story to tell. Uh, but like you know a lot about people and like that just comes with the territory relationship right like there's certain yeah. burdens that you're willing to carry and you know when jesus says carry one another's burdens i think this is oftentimes what, what that means um, mm-hmm. they're going to carry my burdens and you're going to you know and i'm going to carry theirs and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth and i think oftentimes we forget that too like we just think it's going to be the kumbaya everything's great and like you know we're running through a meadow and the flowers are are <laughs> Um and oftentimes relationships are pretty messy and people's lives are messy and um you just gotta you gotta know it's coming when you start to get involved in people's lives like that like it's Mm -hmm. it's gonna get messy
1: yeah but it's worth the mess because you want you want other people being in yours too you know (laughs) and uh and you don't get there by accident unless you're willing to be be honest and and bring the things that that give you shame and put them in the light you know uh turn a spotlight on them that's it's vital man um, and then I like how day two was untangle the spaghetti, um, understanding your thoughts. but really, it's like untangle the spaghetti of, of relationships and just deal with the fact that it's messy and messed up and not in a straight order, um, not easy to follow all the time. But yeah, man, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but we probably should talk about it a lot um, because it's important to understand. But the lopsided scale, of God's grace versus um, sin in our lives. wonder mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on that of like, I don't know. Cause it feels like it can very easily feel like, well, you sin once you ask forgiveness once scales, even, you know, or maybe it raises a little bit and you're like, you're more forgiven than you are sinful. Um, mm-hmm. You sin three times though. And like that scale bumps down and you're a little lopsided. So like, I don't know. Talk mm-hmm. to me about like that, that lopsided scale analogy uh, with grace always weighing out.
0: Yeah. I, I think too, like, um, and, and you said it right there, like I, I think there's this misconception about the gospel and what Jesus did on the cross that there's a moment where you've sinned too much. It could be the same sin, right? It could be any habitual sin that you deal with on a regular basis, I um, mean, you've you've now you know participated in that sin for the millionth time. Um, I think at some point we get to the place where, like, we we convince ourselves that God's like, oh yeah, we're not um, like we've done it too many times. He's not going to forgive me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, is no, like one hundred percent, he's he's going to forgive you. I had a sermon illustration once um, where I had a bunch of tootsie rolls to represent sin because your sin shit. Um, I didn't say that cause I was talking to teenagers, but um, that's what I was They're thinking free. when I was sharing yeah, I it and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and I put it on a scale. Uh, and then, you know, my hand represented the grace of God and just, I like, launched the, the turn nice. to the air. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's the reality of it. Like no matter how yeah. many times I have to come back to Jesus for forgiveness, Jesus is more than happy and willing to forgive. Um, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I think too often that we we um we get in these weird little cycles where we're like, "Well, God can't forgive me anymore. Like I've mm-hmm. asked for forgiveness seven times this week for the same thing. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. keep asking for forgiveness. Now, I would say this. You should probably have some other conversation with Jesus in the midst of that. Like if you're constantly going back to the same thing, like mm-hmm. probably start having conversations of like, hey, Jesus, like, what about this thing? Like, what is it triggering in me? Or like what is the mm-hmm. what is the undealt with whatever that takes me back? Like, deal with that stuff. Have those conversations mm-hmm. with Jesus. That's important. Um, but like there, there's no limit on how many times Jesus is going to forgive you. Like his yeah. his grace was more than sufficient. His sacrifice was, was more than enough to take care of your your sin. And I think all too often that we get in these weird places. And and we do it too. Like we do it with our friends, right? Like um, because we get frustrated, they keep doing the same thing. Like we like yeah. lean that way of like, oh yeah, like Jesus probably is not going to forgive you anymore. Like we don't yeah. say that outright, but like we're thinking yeah. of like, dude, again, like you got to be effing kidding me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, how often do we do things like that? Where. You know, we're, we're just reinforcing a, a, a lie that they're believing that Jesus isn't going to forgive them anymore because they've done it too many times. Um, yeah. And that's just not the reality of who Jesus is. And I think mm-hmm. when we start to find that freedom, then we're more open to having the conversation, too, with Jesus about that specific sin or that shame or that um, experience or that whatever, um, and start to deal and heal from those things um, in your mm-hmm. life so you can continue to move forward with, with who Jesus called you to be. But yeah. I think all too often in— In Christian circles, I I think there's so many Christians that are held back um, by sin and shame um, that they're just not fully experiencing the Jesus life. And when they get into that cycle, they don't want others to experience it either. Um, So they do things that sabotage others. Um, Or they say things that, like, not biblical, but they say things um, just to make themselves feel better. Um, and you know, they're usually slide, you know, sh- you know, s- side comments that, that aren't, you know, direct to it, but like do, you know, damage to, to that individual and to that relationship. Uh, yeah. so I think that's part of it. And it probably goes back to pride, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if I'm not happy, then no one's going to be happy around me and I'm going to make sure everyone else is miserable as I am. Um, right. like love those people well if they're around you but like don't don't get sucked into their vortex life is yeah. not worth it um, to, out, to go down man. those roads like jesus is taking care of so much more than for you to get stuck in those cycles right
1: right man that was convicting uh to me now, i'm not going to share all the details but just a friend came to mind that i, I kind of um, I had put on the back, like I had reached out multiple times uh, to try to reconnect and and know that this friend is in kind of a rough spot. Um, but but I've been reaching out and reaching out and just feel like you know, like at some point you got to put in some effort too if you want this to be yeah. a real friendship. But you know what, man? Like I felt convicted of like no, like they're in a rough spot. You need to be the one to keep pursuing. Um, so I'm. Gonna- yeah. And give them a call uh probably today um but it was just convicting of like yeah you know like the lord uh, that analogy of like keep asking forgiveness of god like he's going to be right there and then start having those other conversations too like we got to be super diligent in that and and like we've talked about a lot it's important to fight for relationships so i'm going to try to be Mm -hmm. intentional on that and try not to be uh not as prickly, you know, of like, well, I've called five times mm-hmm. and you haven't called back once. So we're done. You know, it's like, no, it's worth it to fight for, for other people, uh, and to fight to stay in their yeah. lives in a good way. So I don't know, man, that was personally convicting. Yeah. Like if relationships, if
0: relationships matter, matter to you, that relationship matters. Like, yeah, we should pursue those things. Like people should be valued in pursuit. Uh, I think all too often. Even if they don't know how to be valued and pursued, like that's probably where we get um, the struggle um, yeah. because you got to teach them how to be valued and pursued when you do yeah. you know, value and pursue them. Um, but um, I, I think all too often, you know, we, we throw relationships away too fast. Now, there are relationships that are going to go by the wayside. That's just the reality of right. life. Like that's going right. to happen. Right. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but it shouldn't be our mo and it shouldn't be our go-to like we have to determine does this relationship matter to me yes it does and then it's worth me investing over and over and over again even if i feel like that person's not investing anything back yeah. uh like yeah. at some point we'll, we'll see fruit of this i would assume and you know if you're you know a year or two years down the road and you're still not seeing fruit then you're like well Maybe we just start to slow down how much I invest in this relationship, but don't cut it off all completely. Like you yeah. don't know what God wants to do with those things in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I have definitely friends that like um, are a pain in the butt to get a hold of. Um, <laughs> we just play phone tag, phone tag, phone tag um, yep. until we do, and then you get a, you get connected with them, and you're like, oh, it's like nothing changed, right? Um, right. And you know, we pick it up right where we left off, but. <clears throat> like people are busy people have lives people have other things going on um, I think it's all too easy we pass judgment on something or someone when all reality that it's not like we shouldn't be passing judgment there's, there's more going on that we don't realize or understand uh, But
1: um, sorry about that I should have responded up. but my wife texted me about something random so I wrote it back real quick um, yeah man well, I don't know if nothing else, today's uh, talk on shame has been personally challenging to me in that way that I didn't see coming. Um, but it's at least good. But I don't know, man. This is one of the. This is like one of the things that maybe you learn. Maybe, maybe I'll just speak first person. This is one of the things that I have had to learn slowly and relearn and relearn again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I talked. And it's probably because pride in my life is like a thing that I keep circling back to is like, Oh, I thought I was over being proud. Then yeah, there's another spot of pride in my life. So right there with it is shame. Um, And and that link is important, but it's something that I've had to learn lessons on like too many times. And I'm sure I'll have to in the future. Um, But but this has been a good reminder. And I just think it might be something that maybe for some people they can hear this or a sermon on it, or the Lord can speak to them once or convict them once. And like the shame monster is gone. And this isn't something that, that they have as an issue in their life. But for me, it's been a consistent one and kind of like a peeling back the onion more and more type thing where pride kind of gets stripped away positively by God slowly. And as as I'm willing to move, you know, um, on these things. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like it's an important lesson of, of what shame is and kind of the role shame can play in your relationship with God and with other people. But it, uh, it hasn't been a fast one for me to learn. Um, I don't know about you, but for me it's been slow and like an onion with a lot of layers and I don't even know where I'm at in that journey, but I know I've, I've been lessons around this a bunch of times. I'm pretty sure I'll have to in the future too. So it's <laughs> kind of where yeah. I'm at. On, on well, I think too, like, shame.
0: And, and this is with, with all types of sin though. Like, like your shame is not just destructive for yourself. Like it's destructive to other people. It's destructive mm. to other relationships that you have. So like yeah. how you parent, how you, how you're a friend, how you lead other people. Like, all is going to be affected by your ability to deal with your shame or not deal with your shame because it's going to spew out on people. Um, Like you're going to, you're going to downplay them. You're going to speak, you know, uh, poorly of of somebody because it's speaking to your shame um, and you don't even realize the effect that you're having on that person. Um, But like you're, you're probably walking through like a wrecking ball. Like we Mm -hmm. get old, miley cyrus um right like <laughs> right our undealt with crap of our lives whether it's sin or shame or, or whatever happens to be like you're you're affecting the people around you that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. um and if you're not dealing with those things and having those conversations with jesus about those things like yeah you're gonna continue to to wreak havoc uh, in just the relationships around you so like even if you're like i can't do it for myself do it for other people. Like, do it because you yeah. want to break a cycle yeah. um, in your family. Um, do it because you want to um, make a difference with the people around you and be a place of, of life-giving hope rather than you know uh, overbearing or a burden of relationship. Like, there's there's practical relational um, things that come into play, and we choose to to deal with this junk. Like, you'll you'll find relationships; they'll always have problems. Don't get me wrong, but. They become a lot more easy to understand um, when we start to deal with our own crap because we start to remove those blinders or those you know junk that's going on to um, so we can be more present in that relationship and not worry um, so much about everything else going on. But you know, it's definitely <clears> worth <throat> digging into it all. Yeah, um, definitely uh, worth having those conversations with Jesus. And if you're sitting there, you're like, I don't even know what shame I may be dealing with. Well, that's a simple question. That's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, like what, what mm-hmm. shame am I not dealing with? What shame have I right. pushed down? Um, and I promise there's going to be events. There's going to be, you know, seasons are going to be things that he pops into your mind. And, mm-hmm. You know, talk him out with him, share everything you can think about, um, uh, about those topics, how you felt going through it, any fears that you're, you know, dealing with, um, even the fears of like, what if I, I told, you know, so-and-so about what's going on or what went on, um, you know, have those conversations with Jesus let them let him lead you through that. You'll be, you'll be blown away by the sanctification that starts to happen in your heart and your life. Um, mm-hmm. When you choose just to start dealing with these things and having those hard conversations with God. Yeah. But,
1: That's a good amen. word, man. That's a good, right next step. And uh, just encourage, I want to, I know we're done uh, in just a sec, but I just want to encourage you people and me, Andrew, when I re-listen to this, to take that step, it's simple, but it is powerful to to start having those open conversations with the Lord and really asking questions and waiting to hear back on them. Of you know, what would it look like if I had that conversation with that person um, around this? If I let go of this shame, if I actually accepted your your forgiveness in this, what would that look like? Um, so, yeah, man, this has been good. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Yeah.
0: Hey, as always, it's good to see those eyes.
1: (laughs) It's good to have them seen, my friend. Good to see you. Ah, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people.
0: And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You
1: can email us at hello at com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.